You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Good day. It's Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, and I am excited to bring on my newest guest, Michael Reeder. With... How you doing, Ryan? How you doing, everyone? Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, good to have you. SRA is your business, Michael, and you are a CPA. Um, I, I am nowhere near. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and I am nowhere near an expert in this stuff. So I'm glad I'm talking to you because I hope to learn a lot. Uh, talk about your journey into where you are today, working in the franchise industry and franchise law and accounting. You know, talk about that. Absolutely. Um, so. I'm 35 now. Um, I now own the CPA firm that hired me out of college, SRA. Um, and what, back, in, back in 2014, when I first became a partner, uh, our firm, was, I was tasked with leading uh, the efforts of, 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 of acquiring two smaller CPA firms. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the clients that we got in one of those books of business was a franchise consultant. So here I am at that time, I'm 27, 28 years old, uh, a new partner in the CPA firm that I now own. Um, and, and, and I'm buying and, 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 and I'm, te- and I'm helping buy, I'm helping, you know, with buying another business. And I just get, and I get this client who is in the business of helping other people buy businesses specifically in franchising. So I was buying another CPA firm at the time. I wasn't buying a franchise, but there were similarities. There were parallels there because I was just buying a business and I just got this client who's in the business. He's a self-employed franchise consultant, still, still our client to this day, great guy, um, who's in the business of helping people buy businesses. Um, so I thought that uh, specifically in franchise. So I thought that was cool. Um, a buddy of mine was looking to get out of corporate around the same time. So I told him about what this client does. So long story short, my buddy became a, um, a franchise uh, consultant with the uh, Franchise Broker Association. Shout out to uh, uh, Sabrina and Chris Wall and all the great people down in Orlando. Um, and so uh, uh, as, my, as my buddy started to uh, work with candidates, uh, they would have questions about entity structure and funding, and and uh, uh, just like you, Ryan, my buddy is not a CPA, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so uh, he reached out to his CPA friend, you know, me, and right. hey, Mike, you know, uh, like I got these these candidates. They're asking me questions about accounting and tax and entity structure and funding, and you mind, uh, you know, just talking to them, and who knows, maybe you'll get some clients out of it. And so I said, sure. And um, uh, so I, I did that. And, 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 and today, you know, here we are in 2022, Ryan, I'm doing the exact same thing, same process, but it's just, you know, snowballed in the most positive way. I, prov- uh, like what I started doing for my buddies candidates, which is providing complimentary CPA consultation calls uh, to his candidates to answer any questions that they have in the context of accounting, tax, entity structure, funding, financial projections, Resale, financial statement, due diligence, if it's a resale, um, items uh, 7, 19, and 21 of the franchise disclosure document, aka the FDD, you know, those are the financial related um, items in the FDD, you know, as it pertains to their prospective franchise investment. And then if they wanted to, and then if they want to work with me in a paid context after the complimentary consultation time, that's always a conversation I can have with them at their convenience. And if not, 
then it's perfectly fine. So I started doing that with my buddy's clients. Um, and, and so word got around the FBA. So I've been working in this context with the FBA consultants um, since 2015. And it's been an absolute blast. Um, I've got some great relationships with FBA consultants. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in the last, in, in the more recent years, uh, I, I'm still doing, I'm still doing uh, exactly that, um, you know, uh, with the FBA as the affiliate CPA of the Franchise Broker Association. But I'm also, uh, I've also cultivated relationships with consultants that are with all the other consultant networks. Um, I've got relationships with the franchise funding companies. I have a, a, a very strong understanding of the Rob C Corp, which is a very, uh, a very common entity structure and funding strategy in this world. Um, I've got a, 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 I've got a network of franchisors and franchisor development groups. So my, I have a nationwide network of, so over the last seven years, I've cultivated a nationwide network of franchise professionals, right? Whether they're franchise consultants, franchisors, franchisor development groups, and or franchise funding companies. And they refer me their prospective franchisee buyers. And I provide the company, I provide the complimentary consultation, the CPA consultation to discuss the subject matters that I listed. And, you know, several of them become clients. And, you know, to this day, you know, our firm is based SRA, CPA firm, physically located in the greater Chicago area. But we're really a virtual CPA firm. Uh, I have another I have another residence in Portland, Maine. So I, as I'm talking to you now, I'm actually in Maine. Uh, and, you know, even when I'm in Chicago, all of my clients, all of my Chicago clients would rather work remotely ever since, you know, you know COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so... Uh, all uh, just such a blast, you know, like I found this niche as a CPA in the franchise industry the past seven years it's been so much fun. Um, you know, I have clients all across the country that are franchise owners. Uh, and so my bread and butter is working with the franchisees in this context. But I also as a result of that, I provide value to franchisors. Uh, because of the value that I provide to their franchisees in the system. Uh, I did a, um, I, I had a, uh, just like one example of that is Colors on Parade. Uh, shout out to Ray and all the great people over at Colors on Parade. Uh, uh, they, uh, I, I, I hosted a, a Zoom with all of their franchisees um, several months ago to talk about, you know, planning for exit strategy. You know, so uh, I, I provide value to franchisors via my process that involves working with franchisees in this context. But that's what I'm up to, man, in this world. There's never a dull moment. Um, there's never a dull moment. Uh, and so it's just like, just love, love talking to buyers. You know, I'm an entrepreneur as well, uh, advising other entrepreneurs all day, every day. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's just, it, it's so much fun. And, um, and, 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 uh, and, and I just, I, I really enjoy it. And, um, like, I'm just, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's such a blessing. So, I mean, yeah, I actually got another call with a buyer in Georgia after our, after our, our audio today. So it's uh, just, yeah, man, it's, it, it, it's so much fun. Yeah, that's great. So talk to us, I mean, from the franchisor perspective in, in the franchisee perspective, what are some of the biggest, um, you know, tips or ideas you can give them when they are in this phase of buying a business or buying a franchise, what are some things you think they should really look out for or be aware of that they may not be already? Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots to, I mean, I, I know so many franchise consultants, you know, um, 
So I am not a franchise consultant, by the way, let me just put that out there. I am not a franchise consultant. I don't study the brands like a franchise, you know, someone who is, you know, a, a consultant with the FBA or the FCC or the IFPG, et cetera, you know, uh, franchise consultants, you know, they study brands. Okay. I don't study brands like a franchise, yeah. consultant, but I know a lot of franchise consultants and I talk to them a lot. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, um, so I'll really try to like stay in my lane here as, as a CPA and not a yeah. franchise consultant because I am a CPA and I'm not a franchise consultant. Right. Um, and so really, uh, I see a lot of, uh, uh, there's not, uh, I, I see people prematurely getting into uh, a certain entity structure and or certain funding structure with their franchise startup um, right. uh, that, you know, it, it, like, so when, when having that entity structure and funding conversation, there are really three buckets that clarity needs to get provided on and they're all attached at the hip, right? So what is the investment level initial plus first 12 months, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and then what are the, uh, the assets on the, on the personal financial statement and what is the, the, the household income and expense situation looking like? Because those three buckets drive the entity structure conversation and the funding conversation. Okay. Um, I may, you know, I may talk to someone that, you know, after weighing all the pros and cons, a, a, a Rob C Corp makes the most sense for them. You know, I may talk to someone after weighing all the pros and cons of their three buckets, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, that, that I mentioned, uh, investment assets and, and income, uh, an SBA loan with an LLC may make the most sense. You know, sometimes right. a, home, a home equity line of credit or a securities back line of credit or just using good old fashioned cash, you know, sometimes uh, not, all, you know, like sometimes it makes more sense to just take an early distribution out of a 401k and take the hit. Um, you know, like a lot of it depends on what type of business is being acquired. Is there going to be a lot of um, accelerated depreciation from a build out for a brick and mortar retail, you know, and then if they have like a spouse that makes six figures, you can pass that. You're going to have a big tax loss on the business for the first couple of years because of the accelerated depreciation and, mm-hmm. and the, the fact that they're in ramp up. And so they can pass that through to the individual tax return where that loss can offset you know, uh, their spouse's six figure W2. So it's like that type of stuff, you know, I mean, so like I see a lot of people uh, and like, and that's what I dive deep on into these, like with, with, with the, with the buyers on my CPA consultation calls and no one else out there is diving deep with them. Like I am at this mm-hmm. crucial stage of their journey. Um, and, and, and as I tell people, like, if you're going to be successful in business, then ultimately you're going to be successful no matter what your entity structure is, no matter what your funding structure, you know, like, like, but if it's not the optimal one, you could be leaving several thousand of dollars on the table, yep. you know, year after year. So if, but if you're going to be successful, you're going to be successful no matter what, but you know, you could really be that much more successful if you do a deep dive on entity structure and funding. Uh, and so really that's one thing that I see um, that's not like, like I'm really the only one doing that with buyers that deep dive, um, and so I say this in jest, but I'm also serious. Like a lot more buyers should be talking to me before they actually just dis- like, I'm not a funder, right? Like I'm not a lender, yeah. but I'm a great person to go to in terms of like, okay, how should you go about, you know, funding your business, like loan, um, equity, retirement funds, et cetera. 
And then once like we put that that roadmap out there in the context of entity structure and funding strategy, then go out to the funders, you know, like you know, a shout out to the funders out there, you know, Benetrend's Guidance Plan Fund uh, Tenant, um, you know, First Financial, uh, great funders and lenders out there, SBA. Um, but, and so I'm, I, I, I'm not in competition with those companies that I just name dropped, um, but I'm a great person to, for the buyers to talk to, to determine, okay, how should I structure this entity? How should I fund this entity? Then go out to the respective funders. And, and I always respect the, uh, the, the funders, the lenders that my, that my, uh, my network works with, right? So if I'm working with a franchise consultant, who refers me their, their buyer and we determine, okay, the best way that this particular buyer should fund their business or, and, and, and go about entity structure is X, Y, or Z. And then I defer to the, to the referring franchise consultant in terms of like, you know, which Rob's vendor they work with, et cetera. So, um, but that there, there needs to be, you know, th that's why my process has been snowballing in the most positive way ever since I started this Ryan is because of the value that I'm providing. And yep. um so that like so and 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 like like so it's really important like it's like uh, there's not like there's there like there needs to be more deep dive advice in in entity structure and funding that's what I'm providing another thing is forget about franchising right like this is just more about business in general like yeah. people got to take their like people got to take their bookkeeping seriously right. bookkeeping is more than this thing that you got to do and send to your accountant so they can file last year's taxes yeah so many small business owners fall into that trap. Yeah. You know, so what, I'm sure, yeah, go ahead. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think you're right. I think a lot of people neglect to do it properly. And I think in people's heads, especially in my head, you think, well, I have to do bookkeeping for for Uncle Sam, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's the most important thing, but there's so much more to it, right? So what what else, what's the other reason or what are what are the missing links with bookkeeping that you see out there? And what, what can you recommend? Absolutely. Um, the missing links are just um, the, the bookkeeping system uh, lacking in optimization and automation. Mm -hmm. Right. So like um, uh, when I work with clients, I always, okay. Like especially new clients, um, but all clients really um, bookkeeping the topic of bookkeeping can be broken down into two chapters and don't go to chapter two until you read chapter one, right? Chapter one, like, 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 so step one of the bookkeeping is let's get the, the actual bookkeeping system in place. Let's create the infrastructure. Then mm -hmm. step two is the ongoing bookkeeping, right? So of course my firm can do ongoing bookkeeping, but I'm not in the bookkeeping business. I do that as a, it's an incidental, you know, service in my industry. So for the clients that want my firm to do it, of course I do it my firm does it. Um, but you know, the value that I provide clients is really in the, in the advisory. Um, and the, the main compliance service that we're doing is the income tax return. And so I would, you know, I am uh, more of a, like, I am all, I am the first one to tell the client like, Hey, like step one, let's get the bookkeeping set up. Right. So like, like, like uh, one of the, the, the first services that my firm always works with clients on is getting the bookkeeping system set up. So we set up a, and we're big fans of QuickBooks Online, QBO, mm -hmm. um, cloud-based bookkeeping system. There are others out there like Xero and uh, Wave and FreshBooks and uh, they're all cloud-based, so that's good. Um, I, I, I'm a big advocate of QuickBooks Online. Uh, I'm sure that QuickBooks Online links with like Client Tether, for example. Yeah. Um, and so um, the uh, uh, 
training, optimization, and setup, training, optimization, and setup. Like that's what goes into like setting up the actual infrastructure of the bookkeeping system. So like, let's schedule a call, let's schedule a zoom with the client. Let's train them on the fundamentals of the, of the, of the software. I'm using QuickBooks online, AKA QBO for the sake of this conversation. Yep. Let's, let's train the client on the QBO, let's set up their chart of accounts and let's optimize the bookkeeping system in the context of automation and technology. What does that mean? That means let's synchronize the bookkeeping system with the business bank account and mm-hmm. let's sync it with the business checking account and let's sync it with the business payroll processing platform because those, so then that way, whenever you click submit in the, you know, whether you use Gusto or ADP or paychecks, whenever you submit payroll, the payroll automatically imports into the QBO. Whenever all of the transactions running through the bank account, run, running through the credit card account, they automatically populate into the QBO. And it's not just bank account, credit card account, payroll processing platform, right? It could be CRM, right? Client tether. It yep. could be, um, it could be, uh, and, you know, uh, and, 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 and I'll, you know, like, you know, like I, I'm, I know that there's more to client tether than just, you know, CRM. And that's, you know, like what, like, um, uh, but like, you know, what a POS, like, like any other system, any other system, like, you know, uh, if the, you know, if there's a billing system, if there is a POS, like any, QBO talks with all these other programs. So let's optimize the QBO as much as possible. So that's, that's step one, right? And then step two is who's going to do the ongoing bookkeeping? Is it going to be the CPA firm? Is it going to be the client? Is it going to be the spouse? Is it going to be a virtual assistant? Is it going to be an internal employee? Um, you know, whoever is doing the day-to-day is one thing, but let's make sure that, that the, whoever's doing the day-to-day is operating within a, um, a fully optimized, you know, bookkeeping system, right? Because bookkeeping, so what are other things, Mike, that bookkeeping is needed for? Bookkeeping is needed for um, CFO-related conversations, right? Like, right. Uh, like, let's have, like, you can't have a profitability and cash flow conversation if the books are not accurate. Right. You can't have a tax planning conversation. So it's like, what other things other than filing last year's taxes do I need my books for? Well, you need them for Uncle Sam, of course, but that planning conversation and that planning conversation is there's really two elements of it. There's the tax planning and then there's the CFO. And when I say CFO, that's really, that's not so much about taxes. That's more about cash flow and profit right so any of that planning conversation whether it's tax planning profit cash flow cfo if you don't have an, an accurate updated set of books you know then your financial statements are not accurate right and you can't have that that planning conversation you know so that's why bookkeeping is so gosh darn important yeah yeah and so but then i also understand why people don't do it because they're because they're like small business owners wear so many hats they, right. they, you know, they're, they're so busy. They're yeah. wearing all these hats in their business and they have a family. And like when they get home at the end of the day, they want to eat dinner and relax. And then they have to wake up at five in the morning and do it all over again. And yeah. so I can, I can definitely see why the bookkeeping gets kicked, you know, gets, you know, dragged out until it's like, oh crap, it's tax time. You know, I definitely yeah. get it. But for those that get ahead of it, it just benefits them so much. So that's exactly what you're talking about is getting ahead of it. Right. Cause you don't want to be fumbling uh, come April tax time or whatever it is and going, Oh, Oh boy, I didn't really uh, keep track of this very well. <laughs> right. So now I'm, uh, you know, I'm losing sleep over this. Right. So 
Um, any, so Michael, any particular stories you have of uh, clients you've worked with who you've really helped with this and just kind of helped optimize their process? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, so many times I have conversations with, you know, like I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a conversation with someone that is thinking about going uh, like one direction in terms of entity structure and funding. And then like, after they talk to me, we end up going another, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, like there, uh, there were like, there are times when someone's going to go into a C corporation structure and for like, so when you're a C corporation, nothing flows through to the individual tax return. So if you have a big loss, then that loss is going to carry forward into C corporation and offset subsequent C corp taxable income. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, and, uh, and the C corp makes sense in a lot of situations, but there are times like, I mean, just recently there was a, a lady that um, uh, is investing in a, um, uh, a, a brick and mortar mental health franchise. And, um, and, and she's got a husband that makes six figures and, and, and so she's investing in a business like she was originally coming into it, you know, thinking C Corp because that's what someone told her, you know, but like whoever she was talking to was not a CPA like me. Right. And so long story short, she's going to go LLC and she's going to have like this huge loss these first few years because she's going to be building out three locations. So think of all of the accelerated depreciation right. on, on the furniture and the equipment and the building improvements. And her husband makes like a big six figure. I'm not talking like a hundred thousand, like, like, like much bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and so these losses are going to flow through to her 1040 and like essentially like wipe out his income for like a couple of years. And so they're going to get like a massive amount in, in, in federal and state withholding back because it's a flow through entity structure. And so, you know, maybe if there was a, if she was investing in like a home-based service business where the total investments like 175,000 and it's really like, you know, 50 or 60 K for the franchise fee and the rest is like working capital, maybe in that situation, you know, like the appeal of like this flow through taxation as like an LLC or an S corporation flowing through, you know, like there wouldn't be that big of a, like there's not all this build out. So like the loss wouldn't be so big. So like, you know, uh, the, the loss netting against her husband's W2 income wouldn't be so big, but that's what everything is case by case, you know? And so, yeah. um, so like, that's just, and like, that's just one example of, 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 of like, and then on the flip side, you know, there, like, I, uh, like, uh, I, there have been situations where someone is going into it thinking, um, you know, thinking LLC or S Corp, but like their, the, like, you know, for their unique set of uh, facts and circumstances, like going, like, for example, like the Rob C Corp, which is like the, uh, the, the self-directed, it's like a 401k rollover that's used to, uh, and the 401k of the retirement of, of the C Corp owns the C Corp stock. Uh, there have been times when we decided to go that route that they weren't even thinking about that route coming into the conversation, but, you know, through the unpacking of those three buckets, right. Investment assets, income, you know, and they're all attached at the hip. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, that is just really where I'm providing a lot of value. Um, you know, financial projections, we're helping out clients like after like, you know, one of the paid services that we help clients out with Ryan are financial projections. And these financial projections have, you know, played a role in like helping candidates move forward. They've also played a role in like seeing that, um, see like, like one of the biggest things in this, like, well, like uh, the um, uh, manager run 
models in in franchising are it's like it's the it's such a big appeal it's such a big appeal because people love the idea of like oh i can invest in a brand and and, and do nothing mm-hmm. and the the franchisor is going to manage it for me yeah that yeah. sounds like the dream right and right. so and it could you know it, it is being done out there in a few like with some brands and some certain industries and stuff like that but um you know i think that you know like like, like our projection engagements a few times have have shown the negative in that and and, and so and again like I, I i'm a cpa not a franchise consultant but um i like I think that if someone out there wants to own something passive, like they want to invest money and do nothing, mm-hmm. I think they should strongly consider investing in real estate or just like cutting a check to like their financial advisor yeah. because franchising is more owner operator and semi-passive Yeah, and semi-passive is not passive. And, and so, and then, and a lot of times it's like owner operator for two or three years and then you graduate into semi-passive as you build and scale. Right. Um, but uh, there, but so like these financial projections on these manager, you know, so like these manager run models, you know, the, the franchisor is paying, is charging a management fee on top of the royalty, on top of the ad spend, on top of the technology fee. So when you run the projections on them, you know, after, after the royalty, after the ad, after the management fee, there's really nothing left after that, mm-hmm. you know, and or there's very minimal. And so then they go back to their franchise consultant, they go back to the drawing board and they find another franchise. And so, um, but, you know, I mean, like our like entity structure and funding strategy, we're providing a lot of value to buyers. Uh, financial projections as a, you know, as, as a determinant on like, you know, like, you know, helping them have the confidence to move forward with the brand or to, you know, uh, call an audible and to like, you know, go look at other brands with their consultant um, because the projections just, you know, didn't, you know, and, and when we do projections, we really do, you know, like we don't just you know, like plug some numbers in a template and say, here's a projection. Like we put in the research, you know, we look at the item 19 on the FDD, we look at the item seven, but mainly that item 19, we, mm-hmm. we, uh, we do internet research, you know, industry specific internet research, geography specific internet research. We really, you know, we, we do the service justice. And so those projections play a vital role when these buyers are, you know, at this crucial stage of, you know, buying, you know, so I would say, you know, and I know that's the long winded answer, um, but the, you know, like uh, that's really where we're providing a lot of value for these buyers when they're going through that buying process. Like once they're in business, that's a whole other story, right? But like while they're, they're going through the process of buying the business entity structure and funding strategy and then helping them out with financial projections. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, I, you know, you just don't think about it when you get into owning a franchise and you think about, okay, if you're married or if you're not married, how does that affect the entity and, you know, what sort of entity it's going to be, how it's going to affect your finances, especially if your spouse is like making six figures or something or more than that. How does that affect everything? And I don't think people think about that enough. They think about it when there's a problem with it uh, or a right. tax or a tax implication, but they don't think about it from the get-go. So. Michael, you're full of knowledge. You have a lot of expertise. So I'm telling everybody out there, if you are have any questions in regards to this stuff, reach out to Michael Reader. He is your guy. Uh, how can people find you out there? So my website, www.swartzreader.com. That's Swartz Reader, S-W-A-R-T-Z-R-E-E-D-E-R.com. Okay. And there's a, there's, you know, you can submit your information in the contact us section of the website and, uh, and our team will reach out to you ASAP. 
Um, my, I've got my business phone, 847-241-5800. You can hit me up on my cell phone, 847-302-3397. You can text me on that number as well. My email address, michaelreader at swartzreader.com. On LinkedIn, Michael Ian Reader. So I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, you know, you can find me on, on the website. You can email me, call me, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, and I would love to connect with you. If you're someone who is looking to buy a franchise or you're already in business and you have any questions in regards to accounting, tax, entity structure, funding, financial projections, et cetera, uh, I, would love to, I would love to talk to you. Great. Well, thank you so much, Michael. If you're out there, you're a consultant or looking to buy a franchise, you have questions, talk to uh, Michael for sure. And, and thank you so much for being on the show. Ryan, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in becoming an episode sponsor, please email me at livingryan at gmail.com. And thank you so much.